your favorite toy truck nerds are back. Welcome to That Scale RC Show. guys what's up welcome back to episode 84 of that scale rc show i'm one of your hosts adam along with jay and travis and it's good to be back into the swing of things from that long vacation it was a long one yeah well i actually took a vacation for 10 days so it's kind of like unusual for me how much like rc driving did you get in besides like just regular wheeling uh, honestly, not as much as I guess some people probably would, you know, think. Um, we just had so much going on, uh, and everything. Every day, we pretty much had some kind of something scheduled, so it was kind of hard to find, you know, the time to go find something. Like, so for instance, we, so we left. Uh, what Saturday was that? Uh, the sat the weekend of Memorial Day. We were uh, that Saturday. We got on the road went to Elko, Nevada, stayed there for a night, then went from Elko, Nevada to uh, Rock Springs, Wyoming. Uh, And then we went, we were there for a night then drove all the way to Colorado Springs. Then we were there for three days. We did that museum tour. Um, We went and walked around Red Rocks National Park um, and then kind of did some shopping and whatnot. Then got back on the road to Moab, was there for uh, I think we got there that Thursday. We didn't leave till we left Monday. Um, started heading back. We stopped in uh, Salt Lake, actually the Sandy area, because that's where my family lives. So we stopped in there, had dinner, and then continued over back to Elko, then back to California. So oh, wow. there was always like something going on. So like when we hit, you know, so like when we hit a, moab the first day we got there we got there we rolled in around like one two o'clock so we just wanted to get the rv set up at the place kind of like just you know get everything situated start dinner get all that going friday we jumped right into it uh went out and hit the trails michelle's dad rented a jl on 37s so if you follow me on instagram the uh, any of the photos that has michelle's jeep and that gray one in it that's what the gray one is it was a rental um, which I actually think is pretty crazy because you'd think places like by a Rubicon or four dice, like you think people would be renting out stuff like that for the, you know, the people who don't necessarily, I guess, have the means to buy something to go hit the trails. Um, but they want to like go out and experience it. They could go rent something, but like Moab, the whole strip, there's like at least five or six different places you can go rent a Jeep and then just either go on a guided tour or hit or just go out and hit the trails yourself so wow, that's crazy yeah and i and it well i don't know if this was bad or not i believe the full day it was like 425 
I think. You, you pick up the Jeep seven in the morning and you return it at six at night. Wow, so, that's crazy. But, what yeah, do so, they have just like a gnarly security deposit or something? Yeah. I believe it was something like you know, the security deposit was like twelve hundred bucks or something like that, and then yeah, you I... get you get it back once they you know go everything. But they're actually a lot of them are pretty like those places are pretty loose. Like they don't really a hundred percent check everything because I was finding things while we were out on the trail that I was just kind of like, huh, I wonder if they know this is like this or oh, I wonder if you know they know that you know this is damaged or whatever. Um, because basically it's it's like the stripped down version, the base model JL, and they put a four inch uh, Rancho lift on it, and then they throw thirty seven inch Patagonias, um, and they just let them sit at fifteen psi. So you just you know you can kind of crawl over everything, and it's like super soft. But um, the Rancho lift isn't the greatest, but you got to remember they're getting everything in like package deals, so they probably buy like. 12 lift kits at a time and get a screaming deal so but um yeah no it was pretty cool um we did this one trail it was called a picture frame arch um drove all the way out to the end to the overlook and that thing just overlooked this canyon and it was gnarly because you're looking down and you see these cars and they look like the size of like you know a pencil tip and you're just like holy crap so weird yeah so it was it was pretty cool um and then what else oh and then the next day we did the side-by-side rental um we rented a four-seater even though it was pretty much me and michelle's dad almost the whole entire day it was actually hella funny so we were leaving we actually had a plan on a place to go and when we were picking up the rental the guy was like well if you go right up the street here and you go here and you go you know whatever follow the trails he goes you'll end up in um I forget what they call it, Sand Flats Recreation Area or something like that. And basically, Sand Flats Recreation Area is home of um, Hell's Revenge. Oh, so, okay. So we, so you go up there. There's, there's a couple different trails up there that you can go do. Well, Michelle's dad really didn't pay attention to the signs, and the first thing said this lion's back, and he's like, "All right, let's go do it." So we start going up it, and dude, you're on this rock, and you look on both sides. It's just like a drop off you know, like 40 foot on both sides. So you're just kind of like tripping out. Cause you're kind of like, Whoa, there's like nothing on the side of you, but it's, it's weird because in Moab, all those trails like that, they all go over that same red rock and you could see all the black. So you pretty much know you're on the trail when you're right. following, you know, anything that's like the black marks, just keep following those, you know, you're on the trail. Well, next thing you know, I look over and I realized we're on Hell's Revenge. So we did the whole loop of Hell's Revenge. Didn't do any like the big name stuff because that was in the rental thing. They told you to stay off some of the big names. Like they will tell you you're not allowed to go on here, you're not allowed to go on there. And like Hell's Gate was one of them, not allowed to do that. So, um, you know, we went and did all, you know, the, the whole, um, the whole, I guess, circle, the whole trailhead itself. And, uh halfway through we let kyle drive michelle's son and he's like he's 19 he's you know he's not big into four-wheeling but he did pretty good in that side by side i was i was pretty impressed like you know i know he was kind of like stressed out and freaking out but he did he did really good and then uh we took him back to the rv then we headed back out that direction and 
this time we went to Fins and Things, and that was a fun trail. That was the trail we should have done first before doing Hell's Revenge, but yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Um, it's a trip also because you can drive the side by sides on the street, so you're able to go as long as the the posted speed limit isn't um, higher than 45 miles per hour. You're allowed to drive on the street, um, and it's a trip because. You'll be like going down the main, like for instance, the main like drag of um, of Moab. The the street sign will say 35 miles per hour. Then underneath it, it says off highway vehicles 25 miles per hour max. So it's kind of funny because it's like so you'll be just sitting there, and all of a sudden you'll see side by side just rip, like, driving down the street. God, that'd be weird. So yeah, no, so it was pretty cool. And then uh, Sunday we kind of just. Uh, went shopping and did all that and then like i said then we started heading back home and i was going to try and find a place in elko to go play with the cars but then i know this sounds really mean of me but um this other rv had just pulled in and they were starting to get all set up and they had like 12 kids with them and i'm like i already know what's going to happen i'm going <laughs> to take this thing out they're going to swarm around me they're all going to want to know what it is can i drive it can i do this so i was just kind of like yeah i'm better off just leaving this in the car yeah you're probably right <laughs> and then the one thing i do feel really bad about and it was one of those weird things so i'm on the road uh you know after leaving uh rock springs wyoming and we're cruising and we stopped at this um, to get gas and coffee before we left, and it said uh, 307 like Auto Plaza or something like that. And I'm like, you know, oh okay, you know. And then all of a sudden, it, like it was just one of those things. Like as I'm driving, it's just like keeps like resonating in my head for some reason. I go, man, why does that sound so familiar? Then I'm scrolling through Instagram that night, and I see 307 Scooter Scott, and I'm going, oh, oh. So I do, I felt so bad. I messaged him. I said, dude, do you live in rock Springs? And he goes, yeah, I do. Are you coming through? And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> totally screwed up. Like I feel bad too, because like, I was like, I thought like, I, re I remembered it afterwards and I'm just like, Oh, so yeah, that was a, that was an epic fail. So you guys were, wasn't a Kaika's event going on about the same time you were down in that area? What part of Colorado? I don't know. I don't remember now. I thought he was like Denver area, but I'm not sure. Denver? Yeah, I'm not a fan of Denver, but. Um, With their satanic airport? Their evil no, horse? Dude, it felt like I was driving through San Francisco, and I hate driving through San Francisco. <laughs> um, yeah, I have to look it up. But um, yeah, no, we were in Colorado Springs. So I'm looking it up right now. Crawl space. Does it look like you had a really big turnout too? Probably should have just looked it up on Facebook. He's got two locations. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think it's Crawl Space and Crawl Colorado space. Springs and Wheat Ridge. Okay, so he was. So yeah, so I was right there. Not that I knew where it was, but yeah um the whole reason why i went to colorado springs is there's this guy 
he's on YouTube if anybody wants to look him up. His name's Dragon Man. He's got his own personal, um, I, I call it like a military museum because it's not just, I mean, I used to call it a World War II museum because that's like the majority of the stuff he has, but he's got like his own personal collection of like every U.S. Uh, war that they've been involved in. Really? That would be cool to check out. He's got stuff from the Civil War, from World War One, World War Two, Vietnam. Um, he's got stuff from um, Iraq and Afghanistan. I mean, the stuff he has is like gnarly. I and I and I'm probably gonna misquote this, but I think he spent close to like seven million on his own personal collection. Whoa. Yeah, and he's. I mean, he's got like. I'm not kidding. Um, you know, if anybody wants to see, you know, reach out to me on um, Facebook or Instagram, and I, I'm, I'll be happy to send you the photos I took. I think I took over like 100, 150 photos when we did the tour. Um, he's got stuff like every almost, he's got a model of almost every Dodge vehicle, military vehicle that the US ever used in the war. Like he's got like, I don't know how many half tracks, tanks, um, like I said, numerous Dodge vehicles from, um, you know, the power wagon looking um, like uh, carry all stuff to the ambulances uh, to just the little Jeeps and stuff that he has. I mean, he's got so much stuff. It's insane. Is this so I looked it up on Google. Is this the place that's most like it looks like a lot of it's indoors and everything's like lined with helmets like the walkways yes. and stuff yes. wow dude that is unbelievable and the best part about it okay he does tours on sundays and wednesdays we went on a wednesday tour 20 bucks and it takes you almost like two hours to see everything dude he's got quite the nazi collection yes but that would probably be creepy like kind of weird it, to... no honestly some of the artifacts he has are pretty gnarly. So he tries to pride himself on that, saying that because it's a private collection and because you know he chooses to share it with the public and let the public come check it out, he's got stuff that your typical museums wouldn't have. Like he's got these little, uh, he's got the suicide vials from the Nazis, Whoa. like with the cyanide still intact. Really? Yeah, it's gnarly. He like tilts it and you watch the little cyanide th uh, pill thing. You come down to the end and sit there. It's a trip. Wow, that'd be so strange. Oh, yeah, dude. He's got so much stuff. It's unbelievable. Uh, the thing that freaked me out the most, and I'm going to have to talk to some of the some of my buddies that have you know been overseas. So uh, in the Iraqi room, he's got this he's got this picture, right? And it's this guy standing there and you'd think that it's like a movie prop from like, you know, alien or something. It's a camel spider, dude. I did not know how big those things oh, were. Yeah. <laughs> They're insane. I was like, what the hell? And yeah, there's some, yeah, there's some gnarly stuff, but it was a lot of fun. And then also he's got his own uh, private shooting range. So, uh, and he wow. rents full auto. So that's where um, I went and shot full auto, AK. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of fun, especially if you come from a state like California where you don't get to like do all those things. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, I bet.
Man, he's got a hell of a gas mask collection too. Like yep. not not something you'd usually think about. No, and he's got he's got some unique ones. You should see this one that he's got. They nicknamed it the baby gas mask because what mothers would do is they'd stick their infant in it. And because it was so big, they were able to wrap the rest of the mask around the infant. And it would almost like fit in just like the face part with the like leather shroud around it. I got a couple couple photos of that. I'll send them to you guys. But yeah. That place is pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. So um yeah and it's just one of those things it's just like he and also he served he was in uh vietnam so no kidding um, yeah so he's actually got a little in the vietnam room he's got one of the pictures from when he was you know out there you know in his fatigues with his dog tags and he actually has his dog tags on display and all that stuff so that is really cool Yep. And then the one, the one room that's kind of like weird because like you go through all this military stuff, then all of a sudden you go into this one room and he calls it his fun room. It's like a blast from the past. It's all like fifties and like Elvis and all that stuff. Like you just walked into like the movie Grease. It's insane. Did it have that like weird old museum smell? You know, like just old places smell kind of weird. Yep. Yep. The whole entire place smelled like that huh that's yeah i know we it was funny we were talking about that after we saw it we're just like man i can't believe that some of that stuff he like the books and stuff that he has sitting there that hasn't been you know annihilated by bugs yeah so he's one of the one of the one of the craziest pick well i call it crazy but it's not really but one of the i guess most interesting photos that i took is in the world war ii um part He's got a vial with the sand from every beach. Really? Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. It's it was definitely like I said, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, some stuff like you'd like, you know, you almost like a once in a lifetime that you get to see. I mean, if you go oh, if I you bet. drive yeah. and go do it, you know, yeah, you can check it out. Um, but I mean, it's just like the thing that kind of blew my mind was, you know, since Michelle's dad started watching them on YouTube, it's like kind of interesting watching something on YouTube. And then all of a sudden you're there getting to experience it and kind of seeing it in person. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. He's got a vial. I'm looking at the picture right now. He's got a vial with, um, from gold beach, Utah beach, sword beach, June beach, and Omaha beach. Did you see, this is kind of off topic, but did you see this like most recent, you know, we had Memorial Weekend recently and for whatever reason this year, I saw a lot of posts about Normandy where Mm -hmm. I had, you know, in the past I'd never seen, you know, a whole lot about it, especially on Memorial Weekend, but they showed exactly like how many bodies, you know, would have been there, like all the people that had died. Oh my God. Like I... It, you hear numbers, but it, it's hard to, you know, sometimes like visualize just how big some of these numbers are. And I don't know why nobody had ever done it before or how I seem to have missed it. But man, oh man, I could not believe what those lost figures looked like, you know, once they actually like had, you know, human body shapes on the beach. It was just well, unbelievable. See, and, that, 
and that's the one thing dragon man brings to attention it, you're not just walking through this museum and being like over here is this and over here is that and over here is this it's he's like telling you the stories and like trying to get you to understand exactly like what you're saying like he was like he gives you the background like you know a lot of these guys when they were getting off the ships you know they you know they were piling bodies using them as sandbags because as soon as they were getting off like they just that's it like you know you were just getting mowed down like there was like the stuff like that he explains and how he shows it and like the realness of everything it's like you it's not the stuff you just like you don't go to these museums and see right and you're, he, you're getting an education on top of it yeah all. yeah wow. and the other thing that's crazy too is and he brought this up and i've been to both so i was i, I can actually kind of like back this one up he said that somebody had commented to him and said you know you have more artifacts and stuff from you know in the concentration camps than the national holocaust museum in new york and i've been to that really? one really and he's got he's got some stuff that like you know, I personally think like, I'm surprised that museum doesn't have this, you know, he's, you know, he's got a lot of stuff and, and that's about in the, and I, I wouldn't say it's the best part, but he also makes it a point to let you know he is Jewish. So, you oh, know, really? yeah. So, I, you know, yeah. some people are weird about like, oh, you know, you shouldn't like, you know how some people would just like trip over, like, let's say his Nazi room that he has, yep. but I think a lot of this stuff's really important because it reminds you of how real it was. It's like, it's not just a story. It was like, you know, this stuff actually happened and like seeing it and everything. I mean, I honestly, like it'd probably like mess me up to a certain degree, you know, because it would just cement everything that's already in my mind, you know, into reality and just fully so identify how horrible it is. Yeah. So the thing that kind of blows your mind is it not only does it um, kind of bring to life everything that happens and like you said, solidify everything that happens, but seeing some of the stuff and seeing a lot of these artifacts, the um, uh, like looking at all the helmets, you don't realize as a human race aspect how much bigger we are now than we were in World War II. Because like he's pulling up like these, you know, these are like supposed to be, you know, you're between the age of 20 and 30, supposed to be wearing this helmet. And I'm like, there's no way in hell that thing's going to fit my head. And wow. that was not just the U.S. That was also Germany, you know. So it's like, you know, some of the German helmets he picked up, you're going, there's no way an adult wore that. And he's like, yep. You know, that's, you that's funny because – like, I do kind of think that, like, humans have evolved to a certain degree within, you know, this, you know, last hundred years or so, especially with, like you're saying, with, like, height and everything and size. But the stuff that we're doing now, like, you look at, like, extreme sports and stuff. I mean, yeah, like, you know, technology as far as, like, motorcycles and stuff like that goes has come a long ways. But, I mean, the things that athletes do now is just next to impossible especially with like extreme sports and skating like there's not a lot of technology that goes into skateboards but you look at how that has progressed over the years and how much gnarlier it is and even like other little things and it kind of trips me out like you look at you look back at like paintings and stuff and 
a lot of the great works of art and stuff like that and like drawings that people did dude it was really terrible compared to like how people can paint and draw now like somebody can sit down with a pencil and do like a really lifelike drawing whereas you know you see something from like the 1700s and it just looks ridiculous you know what i mean like it it's weird that like little things like even like our ability for like art is greater now than it was even you know a couple hundred years ago it's just really strange and that you know, you talking about the difference in size. I mean, that's only a couple generations and we've gotten bigger. Like that's weird. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's crazy too is the fact that like he shows some of the, um, he shows some of the Russian uh, or I think it was Russian. It was either Russian or was the German um, snow boots they were supposed to wear when they were trying to take over Russia. And you just look at them and you're going like, there's no way in hell anybody put those things on and actually walked around in them because they look like deep sea diver boots. Really? Like that's how big and thick and padded they are. But that just goes to show you the technology because now you can wear boots that are almost like paper thin, but they're good to like, you know, negative 20. And you're just like, you know, so yeah, it was, it was a cool experience. Um, like I said, this trip was one of those, it you know i got to see some stuff like that you really only see in like i said in in either history books and or like some of the stuff because we went to arches national park the last night we were there sunday night and just seeing some of the like the natural um formations that were out there like you just like it's insane it blows you away like you see it in picture books you see it on commercials and you're just kind of like oh yeah but until you're there staring at it you're just like holy crap that's wild yeah so it was it was good it's a lot of fun um and like i said i didn't do as much RCing as i like would hope to but it is what it is so it probably would have been pretty uncomfortably hot in some of the areas yeah i mean i went so here's the thing i went knowing i was going to be doing more stuff like you know as a family versus going out and RCing it's like one of those things like now that you know that like all that stuff is out of the way if i was to make another trip back i'd probably most likely go to like you know have fun play with the rc cars you know maybe hit the trails once or twice but you know i got to see the parks did all the other you know fun stuff you know that you you know it's hard to pack it all into four days so yeah i bet but yeah no so it was a lot of fun um and yeah, I'm actually probably going to have to get a hold of Scooter Scott because uh, what I started doing and um, I didn't get to grab one when I was in Rock Springs. Michelle grabbed She told me she had one, so I didn't grab it, but uh, she just had a generic uh, Wyoming sticker. I was trying to grab stickers from the, each state that I was in because I was putting it on the front of my canyon cooler. Oh, and good I got, idea. So I got, the, I got the Colorado, I got the Moab. Um, I had, didn't grab one for Nevada. I mean, I can grab one for Nevada anytime, but uh, the Rock Springs, the sticker that I have, it just says greetings from the middle of nowhere, Wyoming. And it says like something this direction and that direction. It's it's a little sticker. I didn't know that was what she picked out. I thought she had something else. So I might actually hit up Scooter Scott for an actual uh, Rock Springs, Wyoming, like, you know, sticker. Yeah, that'd be really cool. So... But uh, yeah, like I said, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, 
if anybody wants to like go out and like explore places, definitely set aside the time to go do it. Um, you don't really know what you're missing and you do create experiences that, you know, kind of, kind of like a one in a lifetime, you know, opportunity. So, Oh yeah. um, Yeah. Very, very cool. So, but yeah, so that's about it. Um, now I'm back here and uh, back to work and uh, let, well, it was, it's like funny too because when I left, I was still wearing jeans and the hottest it got was like 72 degrees and now we're in like 99, 101 degree weather. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Trying to think if there's any like new stuff really that's come out and I gosh i'm really struggling it's just it's been kind of quiet lately big ticket item, well, not really well sr came out with some cool new designs uh screw those guys <laughs> okay well i really like the one that reminds me of something like heatwave visual or like miami vice yeah oh the, the one Travis. that's actually oh. travis's um profile picture right now I actually put a sticker of that on the back window of my truck. I printed a bunch of them off to, because usually when I package orders, I throw a podcast sticker in and uh, it's, it's got like a vehicle sized one and then like four kind of very varying sized, like scale ones. And uh, I started making the palm tree decal and throwing those in with people's orders now. Nice. I'm not sure how long I'm going to, like have that as like our profile picture and stuff it was just to kind of help promote the new stuff i'll probably switch it back but i i don't know i just i thought it was kind of cool and a fun rocket through summer yeah probably um just arrived let's see i had if i had that kind of like you know ability to do stuff like that i mean i'd be coming off all kinds of stuff i come out with a with the logo for like the fourth of july you know you're you, like you already have the sor palm tree one that's kind of like you know solidifies summer so yeah i'd be doing all kinds of stuff yeah now that i've been kind of motivated to do some different design stuff i might do that i kind of i did some really cool looking ones um some uc fab ones with the flag in it and stuff a long time ago i kind of want to Maybe do our new logo with some of those too. Maybe I'll do that for Fourth cool. of July. That'd be really cool. I still have one of those shirts. The um, the UC Fab. What is it? What did you call it? You called it the not. They're not. Was it Recon? It was the all black American flag one. Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite designs ever. I really like yeah, that one. That one was really cool. Um, what else? Yeah, it was funny. After we took out the side-by-side, I was staring at my my little Can-Am, and I'm just going, man, I can't believe that, like, you know, the like the aftermarket parts really didn't take off for this because every single side-by-side we rented all had Raceline wheels on it, and there's not really any aftermarket wheel choices for that car. Trav and I have talked about that in the past, like trying to come up with, like, 3d printed option or for guys that want to actually like crawl their yeti jr we were thinking like you know do like metal ones through shapeways which would probably be horribly expensive but the weight would be really really nice you know for trying yeah. to crawl those things because they are a little top heavy but they're a fun rig to drive i mean there's not much to them but 
they're they're actually really cool to play around with yeah no actually when we got back um i went out before my boss's son's graduation party met up with elio and did a little you know crawling around and i actually before i left i pulled out the yeti jr and was mashing it around and just you know it was funny too because he goes dude he goes did you put a brushless system in that and i go no that's the factory you know everything and he goes really and i go well you gotta you gotta remember that thing came with i think a nickel metal hydrate battery if i'm not mistaken and it said that it was not rated for lipo but i put a lipo alarm in mine so i just plug the balance port into it and when i think when it falls below i want to say like three volts or something like that it uh the alarm goes off so you don't overcharge it i mean oh, or over drain cool. it and then with that with the little two the little 2s lipo i put in there dude that thing makes a huge difference yeah mine was a little ripper i've just had heat issues with it so i had to put a fan on it but supposedly i want to say it's like the traxxas 16th scale brushless system fits in those or something like that I, I might be wrong but i think i've seen guys run those so i don't know that might be something to check out well i know homes hobbies makes a 380 size um it's the uh like revolver but um yeah i'm They're pretty, pretty good happy one, actually those aren't censored are they revolvers no oh well that'd be perfect then so actually, which, you know, to any of the Holmes Hobbies fans out there, that is one thing he's doing this week. He's got some new, what are they called? I got to pull it up real quick. Because actually I missed, I couldn't believe it. I saw the post. Mind you, the post was only out for an hour. And he's, I was checking it at lunch. And he said, oh, we're working on these new, you know, we got a small batches, the Revolver 540 a uh, team spec edition super short it's like a snub nose like the thing is tiny and he uh he's like we got we got batches we got a few batches of 60 going out you know so keep your eyes peeled and i'm sitting here going like oh it's only been an hour there's you know there's no way they went through 60 motors sold out <laughs> no kidding like, are you kidding me so wow. i'm like I keep going to the website and refreshing the feed to see because I think, I mean, I, I think I'm going to commit to this too. I'm thinking about redesigning my quote unquote cheater rig. Um, because back when I first built it uh, and kind of copied Elio's, you know, direction, it was something that there, we didn't really follow any kind of like guidelines. We just kind of wanted to make something that was like comp orientated and, make it work in the scale world so we did the um that was back when the xr mod was really popular we did the xr mod we did the like brass knuckles actually what i did was i used deluxe fab um brass knuckles and what else did i do i did my own custom behind the axle steering um all oh, stuff wow. like that, you know, high clearance, Delrin links, you know, all that kind of stuff, like to kind of make it a, you know, a comp sure. style. Rig. 
So we, we nicknamed them cheaters because those things used to like, used to just throw it towards the rock. It would just, as soon as it hit, it would just stay. Yeah. And well, now that the quote unquote comp scene is coming back, I was like, maybe I do kind of gear it towards like a class two rig and kind of build something, but I don't know. I'm kind of like, like I started gathering some parts. Like I, I know Alex Vanderbrink was selling some 10, three axles. So I picked up a, a set of 10, three axles, which is pretty ironic. Cause I gave mine away. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I picked those up to throw underneath there and yeah, I don't know. I pulled up, I was bored over the weekend and I pulled up the actual rules and I was kind of like, I got a little overwhelmed. So I'm kind of like, I'm gonna have to really sit down and doesn't that suck like that was the whole reason like why we just got out of like wanting to do any on-road or oval racing or anything was like the local club made the rules just so crazy and convoluted you just you start reading and you're like no never mind this is too much to try and worry about well the problem is there's just too much like for me i don't know maybe i maybe i i can't you know decipher what they're trying to say but I wish they make the rules a little more black and white versus kind of like vague. Like they're like, well, it needs to be a two or it needs to be a channel style chassis. Um, can't, you know, flat rails you can have, but that'll be a class three. So it has to be a channel style. Um, and it can't be a truggy And like, this is what it says. Can't be a truggy. Then there's another section that says if it is a truggy, you can make it class two, but you can only only if you leave X amount of the frame still there. I mean, like, and that's when you start getting all confused because you're like, well, wait a second, you just said a truggy cannot be a class two. Now it can be a class two if you leave a certain amount of frame there when you put in your, you know, truggy frame. And then if it is a truggy, you have to have the shocks mounted to the cage, not shock towers i mean like it's all like i said it's just a lot of confusing <laughs> you're just like okay yeah you know as i was looking through here at the new stuff um samix has some new micro wheels looks like you glue them on though but they look pretty good they're aluminum but one of the things that i just saw speaking of like building stuff and frames and everything um a main has that cen racing f450 body kit like 90 bucks it's oh yeah 447 millimeter wheelbase it would be really cool to build one of the to like build your own tow rig and use that body and stuff on it that'd be kind of kind of fun there's, there's actually somebody that i'm following right now i think is it turks and jerps i think that's who it is they're building their own tow rig and they're 3d printing a chevy body that's like my new duramax and oh, wow but a dually and i'm going you got to be kidding me so i'm like following it pretty closely because i was like it look it, it looks badass right. oh no, no no sorry it's a cat eye that's what he did a cat oh eye. wow so that's cool yep. that's not so, a super popular one well the cat eye duramaxes are pretty popular are they like as far as like people that are doing like builds and stuff no, I mean like in the one, like the real world. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, they're pretty like, cause, well, because the, well, the most sought after, like, I, I don't know how familiar you are with diesel, but like Ford, their iconic is always been 
the seven three that's like the seven three power stroke is you know that's mm-hmm. like bread and butter um they that that was uh i want to say from like nine well the newer body style one that was from like 96 ish 97 to 2002 that body style lasted um with chevy or gm um the lbz uh series that was like the most sought after because it was the first from factory where you got a better turbo they fixed the um the injector issue basically it's like i don't know why that they everybody just wants it it's almost like people that say like they want the they want the 12 valve cummins it's kind of like just that's the one uh, family that they just you know but so in chevy it came in the cat eye and gm it was the round front end yeah building a tour could be a pretty challenging thing especially when it came to like drive shafts and stuff if you were to use one of these bodies like you'd um, probably have to do some sort of carrier bearing setup and have like two drive no. shafts or no you can make your own um if you if you can weld uh basically like because i used to do this even when we were building custom you know just crawlers and stuff uh you could get uh trying to blink now which is really bad because it's the most popular um aftermarket drive shafts oh mip mip there you go why i couldn't think of that i was having a big blank i was like okay i know the tools are orange what the <laughs> heck is it um the mips you can actually take um your mip and like for instance the male side you could actually cut it and you can lengthen it do and then just, weld it back do you sleeve it when you cut yeah. it and then oh mm-hmm. okay and then weld that, it back that'd together. That'd be easier than trying to butt it together with using like rod or something like that. Yeah. And then the other thing I've done too is like, so, cause, it, cause like I said, this is bringing me back to like when I first got into it, you used to buy the, some of the MIPs and like, you can get ones with longer and shorter, um, uh, like the female sides. And what I would do is like, sometimes I was like, oh shoot, you know, my drivetrain's a little, it's changed a little bit and I need this or I need this part out of this. And all I have laying around is this one. What I used to do is um, I would actually take that and I would cut off, you know, I cut the, I guess the piece I need to make it longer. And what I do is I'd put that down the, um, the male side, then put the side I want, butt them together. So that keeps the splines all lined up, then just weld around it, grind it semi as smooth as you can get it. And I mean, you're not going super fast, so, you know, right, it doesn't yeah. matter. So, and I've got a couple rigs with welded drive shafts and they're still going. Huh, that might be a fun project one of these days. That could be interesting. They, ha- they have a clear version of that body, which would be rad because then you could have clear windows on it. Exactly. Yeah, it'd be fun. Well, did we get a whole lot of response on our questions and stuff today or we did how did right. that go maybe we did all right yeah. i can get into that if you want yeah what do we got okay so we asked a question ahead of today's episode which was what's your favorite tool material or product that has made things way better slash easier for you when it comes to your builds and uh we got a couple different responses they're all kind of mixed in here with the questions so you have to bear with me um but the first response we got was from Christopher Cannon. He said, 
Love my rod bending tool. Fabrication of bumpers and cages are so much fun. Oh, I bet. That would be nice to have. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, our friend Jared has one of the Northwest Scalar Designs tubing and rod benders where it does like you can do the left and the right at the same time so it all turns out exactly the same. Like really, really cool. Wow. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, that's always one tool that I've always had my eye on. I just haven't pulled the trigger on getting a big ticket item, but yeah, yeah. it'd be worth it. I mean, that guy's like whole selection is like if I just had a ridiculous amount of money to just blow on basically setting up a fab shop for these. Right. You know, like between like his chassis jig and that tubing bender, that would be super. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eric Warren says, my favorite tools are super bright LED light bulbs to light my workbench and my cheetah readers so I can see what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> Not far behind him. <laughs> um, he also had a follow-up question. He said, on my way to Axial Fest Badlands, any speculation as to a huge new release from Axial? If they're doing it, it's been pretty tight-lipped, like no photos or anything. My speculation is, I'm like I said, I'm still waiting to see them do what they've done in the past and revamp something. And like, for instance, like the Honcho in a 10.3 or the Deadbolt in a 10.3. I mean, I can see why they probably wouldn't do it just because they're going to be like, all right, it's, you know, it's redundant. But you got to remember... They've done the JL and the uh, Gladiator, which are both big ticket, you know, vehicles. To your average person that wants to get in, that wants to buy a 10.3 and doesn't want to spend that kind of money, you put out something like the Honcho or the Deadbolt, and you're going to shave a big chunk off, and you're going to get more people buying that. Yeah, they need a good entry-level rig because I think that's where, like, Element is really selling a lot of vehicles versus them right now is, like, getting people into it for under that $400 mark. Exactly. I think that's a pretty important dollar figure to stay around as far as sales go. Yeah. Um. Chuck Gorecki says, any chance you could tell us what you think of the Ecto or if you know when it'll be out? Um, I thought A-Main has them already. I don't, I don't know. think so. They're not on Associated's website. I mean, they're on the website, but they're not for order on Associated's site yet. No, looks like it is still pre-order. But I know what it retails for now, 379 um what what he asked what what are my thoughts on it yeah we kind of detailed that not to be that guy but we kind of detailed it pretty heavily in the last episode yeah i mean basically a gatekeeper without a cage and a nice small lightweight almost you know comp style older truck body and uh no it it's fun like the gatekeeper actually it works really well without the cage on it as a crawler and stuff um it's got cool stuff like i like the bumper and everything that's on it like i put that bumper on a couple other different rigs because it's just super super tiny so no it's it's good i i don't think anyone that buys one would be disappointed with it at all yeah i agree 
Um, let's see. Jared Bluen. <laughs> the tools that run SR Racing always make my builds more enjoyable. I can see that. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, Justin Gephardt says, I like sheet aluminum and styrene for materials. My favorite tools are picks, my E-clip tool, and I'd like to get some bearing pullers from Intigy. Uh, I know it's Intigy, but they're the only company that I know of that makes bearing pullers. Well, and same with the pinion puller. I think energy is the only one that makes a pinion puller too. That's a tool I'm surprised more people don't have because as easy as the set screws on pinions are to strip out, like if you have a pinion puller, man, I love that thing. It's saved my butt so many times. Yeah, I may need to look into this. Yeah, no kidding. That's that's interesting. Yeah, like a pinion puller would be a good one. Like figure out, you know, build a better mass trap. Yeah. But uh um hmm. His eclip tool. I'd like to see what that looks like. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'd like to see, see what that looks like also because I can't yeah. tell you how many of those I've shot across the room. Building E-clips. shocks and like there's yeah. so little that forget going to like the local hardware store and finding a replacement if you happen to launch one into the atmosphere. I was pleasantly surprised how easy the eclipse were to handle when I was building those element shocks a little while oh, ago. Oh, because you had to take it apart and grease everything. Yeah, huh? I, yeah, I had to rebuild them. And I was like probably the most positive eclipse. I mean, they're t- still terrible. Like no one should ever like eclipse should go away. They should be banned. They should be illegal. But well, on most race rigs, they have nuts that go on top of the piston. Yeah, I under I understand. I like I understand why they're here, but I don't like them. <laughs> and yeah, so it's no. like, but I was I was surprised that I wasn't like losing my shit rebuilding those because of the eclipse where i otherwise would have in every other application i've had to use eclipse in so that's very positive i just had an idea that we need to talk about when we're done don't let me forget we're gonna we need to talk about shock shafts after the show oh okay cool um Brandon Catton says, never heard of spec rc but to answer the first part oh yeah we showed a picture of spec rc wheels those things are cool um, yeah. but to answer the first part, 3d printing hands down has made things better for me personally, that and a bending break. Yeah. The whole thing that started all this was just that bending break because I can't believe how <laughs> con- convenient that thing is. Right. So if you want to make that even better, what you need to do is you need to modify the part that clamps. Yeah. The part, no, is the part that clamps down. Well, there's nothing to clamp the sheet metal to the brake itself. Like they give you a piece of flat stock that you like yeah, set no, on top of it. Like, yeah, it's a bummer. So I use little, um, little, uh, like uh, not vice grips, but um, that's that's what I'm using is vice grips and C clamps. Well, you can use C clamps. That's what it is. I use the oh, C clamps, okay. little C clamps. But what I was gonna say is, if you put if you cut like notches in the brake at different levels you can actually like bend boxes because now your other piece of sheet metal will have somewhere to go oh so yeah i knew somebody uh that way back when i first got into this um i don't even think he's in rc anymore but um his name was todd singer he had one and he cut 
little relief cuts every so often just enough to where like so like if you had to like like i said if you were trying to do something intricate and you wanted to build like a drop-in kind of thing you could actually bend it one way then you can actually take that piece and stick it in and the other way and bend it and it'll actually continue folding it because now you're the other part staying put you're not like stuck with like just doing simple bends right. um it worked out i mean it worked out for certain applications but um yeah just one little easy thing you can do to improve that tool i'm mad that i didn't buy one sooner just because i mean there's so many times that i could have used this on stuff i mean even just like little dumb stuff like making little like brackets and stuff to like mount electronics on and things i mean just the possibilities are limitless with this the only thing i got to figure out is a good way of cutting aluminum because sheet metal you know, tin snips aren't doing it. Like it just, it tears it up too much because all the cuts are so tiny with RC stuff and you're trying to use these big clumsy things and I don't know, and it doesn't leave super clean edges. It kind of curls them. So like the best luck I've had so far has just been body scissors, but I don't know if I can afford to just keep replacing body scissors after every piece that I end up making. So I know it's kind of hard, but um, I was going to say, I've always had good luck with the bandsaw oh yeah but not everybody has access to a bandsaw i have um, a really old one that attaches to a dremel like it, it's huh. actually it's like a jigsaw actually but it well no a scroll saw excuse me scroll saw because a jigsaw is like handheld yeah it, yeah it's like a little scroll saw that is powered by a dremel with like a cable that runs to it you know like a speedometer cable how they're like mm -hmm. you know squared it's like that so i've i've never used it but you just actually gave me an idea that that might be worth trying yeah because otherwise either the other way the only other thing is if you get really high-end tin snips they won't curl yeah see but, i got amazon specials yeah specials. you gotta you gotta spend some money um yeah i'm trying to think that's yeah because i don't work with too much aluminum i'm definitely going to now that or lexan i mean this well this would be great with lexan that's what I was going to say when I used to make my little like chintzy, you know, I don't even know what you want to call them simplistic interiors enough to hold a figurine and like a steering wheel and stuff. I used to use that um, Harbor Freight bender and I would sit back with the heat gun and kind of just go back and forth and kind of just heat the plastic up and then just kind of bend it and hold it to where you want it, keep heating it up. Then it gives it a nice uniform across the whole like, you know, piece and then just kind of wait for it to cool down and then let go. And then you actually have like a nice bend versus trying to like bend it by hand or I've you know, tried that like using the edge of a table and a heat gun and stuff. And I've never yep. had super good luck with that because it always ends up getting like kind of pre-bent before the rest of the bend starts, you know, like a lump in it. It's just yep. not real clean, but man, I just I don't know. It it sounds dumb to be geeking out so much over you know, a sheet metal break, but like, honestly, I, that is going to end up being one of the handiest things ever for building these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christopher Schumann says the TGH rod and speed wrench has made the link assembly game enjoyable. We've, we've seen those in the racing world. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a must have. <laughs> 
Um, and then this is our last question. It's from Josh King. He says, what's the last thing for RC that you were excited to buy it, but disappointed once you got it? I don't know. That's a really good question. Yeah, I, was saying, I don't think that is a good question. That's a hard one to answer. I don't think I've bought anything really that I've been disappointed in. You know, like, I mean, e even with like as much crap as people talk about the rift and stuff, like of all the opportunities to be disappointed with something like I wasn't disappointed with that thing at all. I mean, we beat the living shit out of that thing and it held up great that day. So I'm not sure what the guys that are breaking axle housings and cages and rod ends and everything else are doing, but like we put it through some abuse and nothing happened to it. So I can't imagine what these other people are doing to theirs, but no, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't been disappointed in anything. Yeah. I don't know if I can answer this. I just, nothing comes to mind. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I really can't think of anything. Hmm. What about, <laughs> well, how about, um, I don't know, Adam, you, nothing? No, nothing. Um, I'm trying to think, I don't really have anything, like I said, that's like, you know, that I've been like disappointed in. Um, I mean, I'm curious to know if there's a story behind what he's asking, like if he was bummed out about something. Yeah. I wonder, um, yeah, no. I mean, because like I said, I kind of try to. Okay, well, I guess you could say the last thing I was really actually bummed out about. I think I've said this story before, was when I first got into the hobby, and somebody said, "Oh, you can, you know, build that thing for half the cost. Go through like Asia Tees," and I was kind of like, "All right, that's cool," you know. And I get the stuff, and it looks good until you put it on the car in the first run. If you actually use it, and you break everything, I think that was the <laughs> last time I've been you know, like disappointed, you know, like kind of like stoked at first because I was like, oh yeah, you know, buying all this stuff and then you go and use it and you're just like, what the heck? I think you the know? closest I've been to disappointed in something has just been Spectrum's ES, their brushless ESC that comes in the laser nut and the Rift. That whole that smart thing, line thing sucks. There, you know what? Uh, at the, we used a bunch of their stuff at the, uh, because we had used a radio on their batteries and their chargers at the uh the six hour enduro we did recently mm -hmm. and my never want to like just straight up bad mouth but that whole smart line of spectrum stuff i just don't understand it is it's just, like they're trying to compete with traxxas's tq i just don't yeah batteries and stuff honestly i felt like that it was all so counterintuitive like overcomplicated. yeah it was just so annoying like it was just un. it was just super annoying to use and had absolutely like no benefit at all. Well, look at the like routine you go through just trying to power the rift up. You're just trying like, to charge a how, battery was tough. Like it's just well, dumb. yeah, that's dumb. The fir very first thing I did was snip the lead and then put like an EC three or EC five. I can't remember which on their ESC so that I just didn't have to deal with their stupid battery system. Sure. But. I, I don't know. I, I'm just not a fan of that ESC. Like the whole power up thing and stuff is just, I, I don't know. And like, 
does anyone really use telemetry at all in driving? I mean, racing, we never did. I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong, but like it was not, it doesn't change anything. Yeah. Like it's okay, just you've data. Got lipo warning or whatever, you know, you can monitor your voltage from your radio. Like when during a race or whatever, you're going to glance down and like, look at what your voltage is. I mean, you already know what you're going to get out of the pack. So why does it matter? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, I, just way overcomplicated. I mean, even just down to like the startup procedure. I, I think that's the closest I've been to disappointed in something like I wasn't like bummed out. I just think it's a pain in the ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it makes good power. The The stuff was fast, but <laughs> right. Too fast. <laughs> but yeah, so. Um. What about yeah, tools with you guys? Like what's like special, like you, I don't know, Travis, like you probably do more maintenance than Adam or I do. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know, like what, what's your answer to our question? Uh, I mean, I don't know if I was racing nitro still, I'd say the clutch bell puller. Um, yeah. Cause that was pretty pivotal. Um, actually, well, that and the, the spring tool. Um, yeah, the spring tool is a good idea. I would say now, I mean, this is kind of a boring answer, but honestly, like those Protect shock shaft pliers I had, <laughs> that's that was my answer too. <laughs> was I was like, those are just so dialed because I find myself needing them constantly. For well, just you can so build all your things. links with them too. Yeah, exa it's exactly. Like I can do, convenient. can do turnbuckles with them. So it's like, all right, well, that kind of makes this easier then. Um, yeah, and then popping the balls in that little tool that they have. Like, yeah, those are – that's one thing I think almost everybody should own is a good set of shock shaft pliers. I mean, not just for suspension. I mean, obviously, they're, like, really critical because, you know, you're not going to nick your shafts or anything when you're doing shocks. But – I mean, just for all the other uses you can get out of what a fourteen dollar purchase or whatever, like it's yeah, a pretty good thing to have. Yeah, I don't know how much they are. I have to look, but I mean, they are well worth the money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, would recommend that hundred percent. Um, ooh, anything else? I like looking around trying to figure that out <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean this is also another boring answer but just having good tools is nice i use, Very, I use mips yeah. at home i use mips at work you know they're all you know pretty reliable yeah when you mess something up with bad tools like that can be the biggest time suck ever no you know honestly i just i don't like i have such a i have such a distrust from like when we were using like those dynamite tools and like the energy <laughs> yep. tools and stuff like that like i just have such a general distrust that i just like almost refuse to use anything that isn't an mip at this point and like yeah. the protect tools are really good too from what i've seen and used but like i hate having bad tools 
It's just yeah. a stupid problem to have because it is 100% avoidable. And yeah. you simply can just fix it by just getting good tools. And if you get good tools, well, then you're not going to have problems. I mean, think about like all the chassis screws and stuff on eight scales that we've had the head strip out of over the years, just because of how <laughs> like strangely, absurdly tight they get for no reason. Yeah, all the Kyosho years are coming back to me. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Trying to notch them all with a Dremel and use Dude. a flat blade screwdriver to get them out. Like, yeah. just, what a pain in the ass. Like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're ever buying, this is a, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people may know this by this point, but in the event that you don't, if you're ever looking to buy a car and you notice that on the underside of the chassis, if that's what it is or whatever the case is, like, you notice that there are a bunch of weird cross marks over every screw on the chassis don't buy it <laughs> yeah <laughs> we call that one the the ebay special yeah dudes will turn around their car on there and <laughs> yeah it's they've had to dremel out every screw they've had because you know what they strip out yeah oh, that's a bad deal yeah yeah it, it is so yeah i mean that's really all i can suggest um I think my new favorite material like thing to use is black shugu. Yeah. That's been pretty good for stuff. Like it's it's harder than regular shugu. Like I those magnets for body mounts and stuff are pretty slippery, you know? Like there's mm. not not like a great surface to have something stick to them. Sure. And the shugu's actually worked really, really good. So I don't know, my answer would be shock shaft pliers, the Protec ones and then black shugu are kind of the two most important things to me right now got it yeah that's a good choice adam yep hit us with your answer dog um well honestly i always it's like it's funny i always tell myself i need this tool when i'm in the middle of doing it and then i never buy it and then the next time I'm doing it, I say the same thing again. I just never buy it. But I do need to get myself one of the shock tools because I do the method where I take like cloth and I like vice grip it. Ooh. So that way you're not like, yeah. you know, you're not chewing anything up. But sometimes it'll still spin in there, you know, so it's like it's hard. So um, I, know, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah, that's usually what I have to do for like M4s. If yeah. you haven't bought them by Christmas time, I'm buying you some for Christmas. <laughs> and then um, it's funny. I guess they have two levels of their, you know, tools because I have some of like the really cheap dynamite tools, like the the hex wrenches and all that stuff. And um, they work all right. They're ones with the caps that can spin are way better because you can actually pivot that on your hand and just spin it. It just works way easier. Um, and then I've actually become like, I don't know, I guess I'm impatient and all that stuff, but I like using, I have it's my DeWalt. It's like a, I don't know what to call it. It's a, it's a gyro screwdriver. It's battery powered. It takes a super small, funky little DeWalt battery. So when you buy it, it's all in the kit, has its own charger. And basically what it is, is it works just like a screwdriver. Um, and it's you, the little, uh, 
like the team associated, the low C, even the dynamite ones. Now those little, and I think even vanquish has them or something like that. The little adapter protect the adapters for like the Allen drivers and all that stuff. They, it holds it. All you have to do is push the button the forward button or reverse, whichever way you're going, and then turn your wrist the direction that you're going. Like, do you want it to go forward or backwards? And it just drives it in and it's not super powerful. So you're not going to like, I mean, you can potentially, depending on what material you're going into, like over tighten stuff, but it just makes things so much faster. It's like, you look at some, like some of the wheels I put together, you're just like, oh, there's like 500 screws. And if you do it by hand, it used to take me like, two hours to put a set of wheels together. Now it's like I can get it down in like 45 minutes because I got a tool and you just got to know when to like let go and slow down. And like I said, it's a gyro. So when you push the button and you turn your wrist forward, it starts going. But if you like crank it all the way forward, it's going to be way faster. If you like back off a little bit, then it's not going to be super fast. It's, it's pretty cool. And I think it was like 70, 80 bucks. I tried to use one of those once and I fought it a lot like trying to i don't know of course i'm not super coordinated sometimes so yeah that would be my answer gotcha i was cruising through some of the newer stuff here on a main and i didn't scroll down far enough before um kyosho has a new 20 24th scale mini z out oh yeah and it's a sand colored first gen toyota 4runner with like a roof rack and stuff on it it's pretty rad looking looks like it comes with mile star tires it looks like something like um that. yeah i actually just picked up a bunch of upgrades for my 24th scale axial i wish there was more wheels like they need to stop trying to make them with the beadlock ring and the screws on the outside because that just kills the scale look of them. Like, I like the ones that we got for the giveaway build. I think those turned out really cool, but, like, some of the other wheels just aren't aren't rad looking. No, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to find some. Um, I don't know. I got a set of cheapies coming, so we'll see how those turn out. Um, cause I'm not a fan of the T real. They just don't look, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, exactly. That's, I so, think that's the ones I was thinking about when I was talking about that. Yeah. So RC four wheel drive as wagon wheels. Those look really good. Yeah. They have a couple that look really good. So, um, yeah, I'll check those out. Um, I was going to say we just, well, we didn't just, but we have a couple questions that came in on Instagram. I don't know if you guys Oh, I so forgot I'm... to check. I, I forgot that I put the feeler out there. Oh, on. Yeah, no, I didn't see that. I forgot all about that. Well, I have the one that I sent to to you guys in the chat before. Oh, yeah. Had... Okay. Oh, I haven't even looked at that yet. Forgot about that. Oh, okay. So, do you want me to read it? Sure. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? Serious question. That's my contribution to the show. Thanks, guys. Keep it up. And this is from Andrew Pryor. It's a tough one. I'd Not really. I already know my answer. Duck-sized horses. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Dude, ducks are freaking mean. Like, one that's the size of a horse would take your head off. 
Yeah, but a hundred, um, uh, just kick them. Kick a hundred size horses. No, dude, they're like those... little Pomeranians. They'd be tiny. Dude, you can just like... you, yeah, but do you know what they what their teeth can do? Yeah, but they're you little. Didn't think they that. don't open that far. I don't know, yeah. dude. I would go up against a duck with, or you know, a horse with that's duck sized. It's little mouth versus King Kong sized duck with. Yeah, because, like, I mean, yeah, you do risk the teeth, but also, like, you can place kick, you can windmill, you got options. With the with the horse-sized duck, you just got that guy with, like, the duck beak. Yeah, but the thing I also got to say, too, is at least then you're only worrying about one thing, whereas with the 100, you're constantly on the move. You're going to tire yourself out. I mean, that's, I think that's true. I'm up for that challenge. I've got a really nice Callaway carbon fiber driver that would be awesome for swinging at duck-sized horses. Like, I would go to battle with that golf club against those horses. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still sticking with my answer of going with the duck. What was the other thing that guy asked before that? What? No, that was what for he asked. That would but there was the... something else going on than chat, I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He commented um, back on, on June 8th. He said, catching oh. up on episodes, just heard the mention of rednecks with paychecks. Uh, the, the shit is wild, man. <laughs> I've never been, but people die out there and get hurt regularly. Uh, someone from Texas and someone who is into rock crawling, full-size and tiny trucks, rednecks with paychecks is embarrassing. Laugh out loud. Y'all take care now, you hear? <laughs> Yeah, I was a little surprised. I mean, I guess now that I think about it, I'm not surprised that people die there. Yeah. I wonder um, how many gallons of White Claw girls consume at those things. Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? Yeah, that was actually like, you know, since like you're bringing up fatalities now that was like we just got done with everything in utah and as we were leaving it was on the local news there that they recovered some 26 year old hiker's body at zion national park and it's just like it's just so crazy to like think like you're just like wow like you know like you're out at these places enjoying stuff and then you know stuff like that happens you know and nobody ever thinks of it yeah it's something I, I had like a really gnarly experience today that just like completely destroyed my mood for the rest of the day. So I, I switched doctors and I went today to uh, kind of familiarize our new doctor and stuff with some of the things I have going on and everything, you know, so that I can get my prescriptions refilled and stuff like that. And we were talking about um, depression and stuff and we're sitting there discussing it and discussing like what meds I take and stuff. And then she just like drops on me that, you know, she's like, you know, I'm kind of passionate about that stuff. You know, my son had killed himself and I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> you know, and like, you just, you don't even know what to say. And you're just like kind of floored by it. Like, Oh, okay. Well, gnarly. There goes the whole rest of it. I mean, I'm not trying to sound insensitive, but I mean, it was like, like you're saying, it's like all of a sudden, like, you know, some sort of tragedy happens or you hear about something and it just like wrecks you for the rest of the day or trip. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Um, I actually thought, I didn't know you were going there with that. I thought you were going to continue on with your uh, post from last night that your Taco Bell is not close enough to you. 
Oh, I'm still pissed about that. <laughs> I was seriously considering it too. Like, I mean, I was like, okay, this this location's open till two. This one's till midnight. This one's till three. I can make it there. Like, I was really thinking about it, but yeah, they're, no. They're building one on my block. Serious? Like where you live? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. It's opposite corner, the opposite corner of the block I live on. Pretty awesome. You're so lucky. That means, that means your dad's gonna come visit more often now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other yeah. one was really only like two miles from me. It really wasn't that bad, but still bad enough. I wouldn't go. <laughs> so, yeah. But downside yeah. is I have to live in like Metro Seattle, so. I feel like I would just take having a Taco Bell far away and now living here. It is really nice having you know that area well, though, because I would not really enjoy trying to navigate all those streets and stuff. Yeah, it's such an interwoven mess. Yeah. Well, that and, like, speed limits are crazy there. It's like you feel like you're going through the middle of town and the speed limit's 45. Like, yeah, it, just it just feels like you're going way too fast, you know, because everywhere here is, like, 35 and, like, 50 on the island on the most wide-open areas. You just got to speed. It just doesn't matter what. <laughs> Almost just to play it safe and not get ran over by people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just... No matter what, you like, you can assume... You can assume what it might be, and then you can go a little bit faster than that to compensate for the <laughs> the logic of it all. I do appreciate how safe I drive after spending time down in your area. Like, <laughs> man, I'm not nearly as dangerous behind the wheel as I thought I was. Yeah, this see, I'm like... the opposite. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I have to be really defensive just because people are so damn stupid down here. Yeah. Every day going to work is a treat. It's awesome. <laughs> i bet yeah we have two more questions on insta off instagram mm. uh the next one's from spencer aka sack the ripper do oh. you think that scale crawlers are the most popular genre in all of rc no bashing is i was just gonna say i think bashing is yeah. almost anybody you talk to like even like the the so at uh, the job I'm working at, uh, the Finnish carpenter guys, uh, they all have bashers. I mean, they they also have crawlers, but they all got started with bashers. Yeah, I think at one point Scale RC was probably the fastest growing segment, but that's been eclipsed now by drag racing. I think that's the fastest growing segment. Maybe. Yes. I don't know what growth is like for drag racing right now. I, it least, sucks to have to pay attention to it because it's not fun. I think it's but... a little plateaued at the moment, but for a while, it definitely was the case. I think um, I would say it is. I would say it's bashing, and then aerial, and then scale really? crawling. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, what people don't realize is aerial is really big in Europe. It's big everywhere. I mean, it's just well, massive. Are, are you guys globally. talking planes or drones yeah. or combined or well, what? both? I mean, you, even if you took drones out of the equations and you just did planes and helis, it would still be more popular than scale yep. crawling on a global scale. Wow. Yep. Well, I, you know, I guess that makes sense. I mean, think about like the people that 
a main send up here just yeah. for that one fun fly that we went to go watch. Yeah. I mean, it's massive in Asia too. Like yeah. It is really big there. It feels like drones really slowed down a lot. And now it's more, you know, like DJI style, you know, like somewhat no, we can't, cin- we cinematic can't say ones. That here. What's that? We can't say that word here. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> but like the whole F- FPV racing, like I remember FPV that was supposed racing, to be like yeah. the next big thing. And that, that was a really big, seems like it died. That was very much a flash in the pan sort of thing. Um, I would say, yeah, yeah. Dr- drones as a, as a whole, I think are becoming a lot more popular. But yeah, the the like the drone racing and DRL and all that stuff. It's yeah, it 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 tapered off quite a lot. It, I mean, you just don't hear about it anymore. I mean, remember they were talking about you know like filling stadiums and blah 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 and having it televised. And well, like, I mean, it was. Now you but just like don't it's, hear about it anymore. I mean, it was, but it just wasn't interesting. You know, like it's just it's. Like They're it's too cool, quick to sure. pay attention to. Yeah, it's just it's not a it's not spectator friendly. Yeah, not you know, at all. that's then that's you know all, that's RC in general, but yeah, that was that was that ta- even if that like tapering off, I still think aerials aerials definitely big. I just don't think I could have fun with it. Like after finally getting a chance to like fly and stuff, and have somebody like on the you know right there to take over, and if I got myself in trouble like I did with Brett that day, mm. like. It was cool to do once, you know, but I, I don't think I would just sit there and like do circles and, you yeah. know, like it just, it doesn't look appealing. It's like the, the thought of like RC boats, like that sounds really fun too, but would it be fun? Like the second or third time you go do it, you know right. what I mean? I kind of need to learn to fly better, at least for drones. Well, with but, your job, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I don't have much interest. Yeah, like, I, I don't even really, I don't know. I mean, for a while, I thought it'd be cool to have a drone for, like, you know, video and stuff like that with us doing our thing. But, like, I don't know. That was, that came and went. Like, that's not even something that I'm even considering anymore. Well, we can't afford it. Well, yeah, that too. But If I mean, we could, it'd be a different story, but I don't have... You know, neither of us have 10K to drop on a reasonable filming setup, you know? Yeah, no. Unfortunately, I'd rather spend that money on a gimbal and a DSLR. Yeah, for sure. You know, and then really, instead of going the drone route, it would be a lot more practical to have, like, a movie Pro or something. That one, that the movies that we have, though, man, those, it's so sad that oh. those are discontinued. Yeah, you're telling me. Well, actually, it's not sad for me in a professional sense because it's a really big headache off my plate. (laughs) But from a consumer standpoint, they are really cool, and it's unfortunate that you can't buy them. Well, it's like every time that we've gone out, you've done something new with it that I didn't realize they could do, like some of those pan shots and stuff. It's just way too cool. There is so much still that I have to learn on it too that I just haven't taken the time to do. That's um, so yeah, some, uh, yeah, ideally someday I, I will, I will choke out the money on buying an actual decent camera though and a uh, handheld gimbal and then we'll go from there. It's just, that's some 
bucks. It can be. Yeah, I need to see what kind of pricing I can get on it. Did I? We were talking to Jared about concerts, and I you you probably saw this already. You seem to like know what's coming up when. Mm. Um, let's see where did it go? I'm trying to find a date. Okay, so Showbox November 30th is Guar, Napalm Death, Madball, and I Hate God. I don't know if I'd go see that one. I don't know if I want to go to that either. I, I'm not a Guar guy. Like, I'd go to see Napalm Death again just because they I, were Yeah, they were rad, but... Yeah, but Napalm Death's set would be like 10 minutes. Yeah. I yeah. think that I would have seen Guar if it if the main dude was still alive, they aren't like really the same post oh, really? that guy's death. Yeah. I mean, I, Jared, Jared knows it better than me, but like that I've, I've, I've heard that it's just not quite the same. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'd be a cool show to go to just for a show, but like napalm death would be honestly like the only real redeeming factor of it. I wouldn't really want to see I Hate God. Um, yeah, they're... Yeah. Or it could be fun. You know, it could definitely be fun. So He said he's absolutely down, though, to go and see Black Dahlia murder. That, that is a great... That is a great lineup for that show. Well, I knew as soon as it said Carnifex, I knew he was going to... He'd be excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I... There's not a whole lot wrong with that lineup. That'd be a lot of fun. Rivers of Nile's not bad either. Yeah, un um, what is it? Undeath. Undeath was good too. I can't even read their freaking. I know, <laughs> I know. Someone, someone was making a comment on it when I was reading that post about that. Like, what's the patch of grass on the bottom right? I, yeah, that's people? exactly what it looks. Like. <laughs> it, it looks like a little like cropped picture of somebody's yard. It really does. Yeah, it just looks like a yard sample. Yeah, oh. no, uh, <laughs> like the little bit that's like dug up when you like find a molehill yeah yeah no it's... i guess there might be some skulls in there but my god that's a bad picture yeah it's rough so yeah but no undeath is good too so that'll be fun <laughs> i told jared i said i don't know if i could get into guar or not and he's like you shut your mouth <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he wants us to go to that one I so mean, yeah it could concerts be fun. that's cool it's nothing like that's happened in a while i mean that should probably be cheap that's probably a sub 30 dollar show the black dahlia one um well but honestly probably that one too but also uh also Elcor. yeah Elcor zone you've been there haven't you i have yeah it's tiny isn't it's it? extremely small i saw yeah when i saw exodus and municipal waste i was in nuemos and that was like one of the smallest venues i think i've ever seen and because it was like god it, it couldn't have been a lot deeper from either end of my apartment and really? yeah in terms of like depth right El Corazon is even smaller so like and they have like two stages which is kind of weird but huh. I mean it's a cool spot it's a really cool spot but I mean that is going to be it's it's actually should be a pretty rad show because the venue is going to be so small but that means that tickets should probably be bought soon yeah, and plus, because right, I could imagine that selling out pretty quick because everybody's going to be anxious to go see 
shows this summer. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, if it, it'd be a different story because, like, when I saw Exodus, I think I bought tickets the day before. Yeah. <laughs> but that was kind of a different time, I guess. Yeah, right. now we've had people cooped up for almost two years. Yeah. To get out and do something fun. They were supposed to have a tour with Testament that ended up never happening because of COVID. Oh, and bummer. that would have been so awesome to see. Wasn't Lamb of God coming back here sometime soon, too? Didn't we talk about that Yeah, once? they're doing a tour with Megadeth, I think. Oh, that's right, because I was talking about it, whether I could suffer through Megadeth enough to see him. <laughs> I would go to, I would go see, because, I mean, there's the potential chance of Dave Mustaine having a meltdown on the crowd. Well, we could always leave when Megadeth is up. That'd <laughs> I be a good, good yeah. time to avoid traffic. That's true, too. I, I honestly have no desire to see them. Like, I, I really don't. Like, I don't like the guy. I <laughs> don't like his more recent music. Like, I can't imagine they're very good live now. You know? I mean, like, the dude's voice has been shot for a while. He's looking rough, man. He looks like he has partied hard. Like, yeah. he, he genuinely looks like an old man now, especially with a beard. Like, he looks old. Spends a lot of time with Alex Jones now. Are you being serious? Or you, he's been he's been on his like little radio. Really? Yeah. Oh man, what about that isn't well? good. That's not good for his mental health. What about as well as you think? <laughs> um. Yeah. So what a combination that is. Oh God, I'm gonna have to look that up now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of old. It's, I think he's been on there a couple times. Uh, Alex Jones is a psycho. How does anybody go on that show and not think he's just? Well, nuts? not everyone thinks he's nuts. Is the thing. And Dave Mustaine probably thinks that the guy is totally like on the level. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, like, <laughs> honestly, Mustaine's not too far away himself. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, let's see. Uh, From Andre Campos, aka Scale Metal Supply, mm -hmm. you just ask. Who's going to Axial Fest? That's a simple, I'm probably the only one going. Yeah. Yeah, I can confirm. If lodging was easier, then we'd consider it. But Yeah, I can confirm I will not be there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And I think that was it for questions, unless there was anything else. I mean, I could be wrong, but that's at least all I saw on Instagram. Okay. see i'm confused as hell anyways yeah it looks like it'd be about 35 bucks after fees that's not bad no it's not at all we need to do that then yeah we should i'll post the you link want, soon want me to just send you the money to it um sure okay cool yeah that would be a good time i think i'm ready for that yeah yeah absolutely probably just stay at your house that night or something yeah yeah we can do that I wonder is it gonna is it gonna be on like a tuesday or some odd i am looking like... at that right now yes God, i don't know why they do that yes well, i mean i guess tour days have to be like daily yeah that's true that makes sense it'll be on Tuesday the fourteenth. Figures. Yeah. I say Tuesday and of course. I think part of it is they have to plan their like big ticket 
days on the weekends. Oh, you know, because yeah, like in sense. that the end of that weekend, they're going to be in Southern California, and so they're doing shows in L.A., San Diego, stuff like that. Um, on the seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth on the weekend. Most of these smaller bands too, they just drive, don't they? They don't even fly. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh god, that would suck. I Can you imagine I mean, being stuck in a van for that long, and like maybe they're big enough to where they had the in a budget to get an RV and. Yeah. Just, nothing about that sounds appealing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Well, cool. Um. I don't think we have anything else. We can probably call it here. Sounds like a plan. Cool. Alrighty. Well, All right, guys. well thank you, everybody. I guess we'll see you next week. All right. See you guys. See you.